0: Let's do this, episode number two.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh. How six, well-
1: six months later.
0: Yeah, oh my God, we're <laughs> so inconsistent. It's just incredible. So how you, how, how you been, buddy? How you been doing? Well, I'm pretty good. A little bit tired. Tired from all the... All the partying. All my the s-
1: birthday parties.
0: Yeah, my son just turned four. Yeah, so lots of parties and stuff. And of course, when you have kids' parties, you need to make it also the parents' parties. Absolutely. That's why yesterday we also brought a bottle of gin to the little party. (laughs) You can't
1: do that shit sober, man. No. You can't do
0: that shit sober. Yeah, you always got to kind of.
1: You got to numb it down.
0: Numb it down. Find like your zone when you don't get too angry or upset with the kids, and just you know. And even though I wasn't having my buzz. My kid just didn't let go. He didn't want to play with his friends. It's always like, Hey, Dad, check this out. Check this out. Uh, I want a balloon. I want this. I want that. He just kept spinning around me. It took, like, till about 20 minutes till, like, the party ended that he went on with his friends and left me alone for a minute.
1: (laughs) Terrible, man.
0: Ah, We love it. So, what's been going on? Um, Maybe it's worth telling our listeners, whoever they are, our whole... uh, 30-something yeah. from our last episode, hopefully we'll have more by this by the time this comes out, that uh, Roman, you've joined my team.
1: Yes, yes, we are now not just working at the same company,
0: we are also working on the same team. Which is really cool, because I've been waiting for someone like Roman to just slap on all the DevOps shit I have to do. And if you're not familiar with the term DevOps, it's basically anything that has to do with tooling and front end, yeah. Confi- shit, Configs. configuring
1: front end shit.
0: Yeah, well, it's not. Wish it was just front end. It's just the whole stack already. Absolutely. Like I don't know what what's the difference nowadays between like it, it's funny when I told a friend of mine who was like a real DevOps professional, he kind of gives like freelance services as a DevOps professional. Told him what what, what I was doing like back in my old company when I kind of set up this whole flow for publishing a design system and having, like, UI tests and all that shit. And it was like, dude, it's DevOps. Like, configuring shit is DevOps. That's, like, the thing. And it's, like, the thing in general that DevOps is not, like, he's a professional and there are people that have that job title as DevOps engineer or whatever, SREs. And all those. But DevOps, as I see it, it's just the whole thing of a mindset. Like, and that's, like, real. Lots of DevOps people that I've worked with always saying, like, I don't know. I just can fix shit. And, like, DevOps is a thing. Like, you need to have observability. And you need to have login for your shit. And you need to have automation for anything you do. And if you're doing stuff way too many times and you don't automate it, then you're not having a DevOps mindset. So, DevOps, DevOps. I hate configuring shit. I hate it, but... In general. Yeah, but it's... Uh, you know, that's... Like, the only... Kind of why I'm a bit... Upset of being an Android user. Is like, as an Android user, you have to config a lot of shit... To get it just the way you want it. I've never had an iPhone in my life yeah yeah you just told me this a few days ago
1: never in my life
0: yeah, well, I, haven't I mean
1: how long do we have smartphones probably i had like i got my first smartphone like 2013 14 wow really uh yeah probably 2013 maybe 2012
0: i don't know wait a minute first iphone came 2007
1: is it And like
0: 8 i think 7 or 8 I think I know. Don't you? I've know.
1: N- I don't know. I never had an iPhone, but you know, I'm willing to try. I'm just like, I'm not gonna fucking spend. Uh, I'm trying to 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 speak in dollars here for the common, uh, but I'm not gonna spend like whatever it is. Like, is it like fifteen hundred dollars
0: for like an iPhone? Yeah, about first one November first, two thousand eighteen. No. No. No, the iPhone was announced by 2007, since then Apple has annually released the iPhone models. Yeah, okay. 2017, start of 2007. Why did I say 2017? Which model? It's a good you... thing we don't edit this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. Which model <laughs> did you have? Uh, first one I have was well, the 3G. Like, oh. the, like the very first I think 2008 was my first iPhone no shit then I kind of had it for about a year two almost three got the 4G and after the 4G that held on for
1: there's no G it's just like 3 years 4 or...
0: yeah the first no it was, was 3G G? I think it was 3G I already have the Wikipedia right, page I- I'm interested look- to see so yeah, i the, the first iPhone was iPhone. iPhone three G was two thousand eight. Then they had the three Gs, then the four came out with two thousand and ten, till two thousand thirteen. It still was kind of that line. So yeah, it was a three G. Yeah. Right.
1: I was I was thinking maybe we can talk about the whole twin macro thing that we sort of, you know, are going through in our team. Talk about a little bit about like the history and the decision.
0: That we made, and, and, you know, maybe, you know... That could be it, but, like, just talking about iPhone, I'm sorry that (laughs) i I digress digressing this back. Yeah. But I just saw this tweet today uh, uh, by Dan Shapir.
1: Yeah.
0: uh, Good old buddy from JS Jabber, and uh, previously Wix, now he's at Next Insurance. Right. So he has this kind of uh, quest now. I don't know if you'd call it a quest, but... This whole, like, iOS, like, you know that if you have an iPhone and you download it, Google Chrome, it's not actually Google Chrome. Yeah, yeah, it's Safari. It's not
1: Chromium-based.
0: I know. It's WebKit. It's fucking Safari. Yeah, I know. It's just a mask for Safari. Right. Same with Firefox. You can't download Firefox with an iPhone. Right. And that's crazy shit. And a lot of people don't know this. Yeah, I've like, I I heard. This. I understand it. So then I know he's kind of put put this on himself to kind of try and be the champion and the Don Quixote of kind of trying to say like Apple stop the shit. And how about you kind of get in line and let other browsers get on your phone? And why is this important? Like because we, like this is our shop talk, web development shit that we do. This being a developer, to have to kind of say. Oh, there's this great new feature that came out, but Safari still doesn't support it. And, like, 50% of my user base uses iOS. That sucks. Absolutely. Like, this is... And again, I keep saying, like, Safari is the new IE. So, sorry, yeah. So, Twin that was just because we were talking about iPhone. Absolutely. Yeah, I all think that.
1: It, it's a public notice but you
0: just... Yeah, uh, and, like... Dudes, if, you, if as developers, I think it's on us to kind of also champion this and try and get this monopolistic company that's trying to push down their tech, which is, it's not, like, it's not that it's bad and their engine is bad, but it's just, they're not in line with, like, the rest of the modern browsers, which is really annoying. Also as developers, also as users, and, yeah, if you have an iPhone sucks for you (laughs) yeah because you can't get a better experience and new features never mind yeah so back to kind of what you wanted to talk about
1: yeah i think it might be like interesting to sort of talk about in general i think you know this puts um some you know this puts a spotlight on the whole like Babel, uh swc in general i think like in general we're sort of living through this transition Right where, like, I don't know, like, Rust and Go and shit, you know, became popular. And, you know, JavaScript devs sort of realized, okay...
0: 2022 is the year of JS tooling. Yeah. Brought yeah. to you by Rust and Go.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You know, so JavaScript developers realized that, you know, they we can, you know, write some some Rust code. I mean, not everybody, but some, you know, some talented people...
0: Yeah, there's can some. write some. For example, the first Israeli to be uh, recruited to Team Versel, sorry, mm. uh, is uh, Gal, Schlesinger. Gal Schlesinger. Yeah, which, uh, yeah, and I should say Gal is hopefully going to help me out uh, with starting up our new NextJS Israel meetup. But he's been playing around with Rust for quite some time, and he's yeah. kind of he rebuilt like F and Rust, right? Well, he built FNM in Rust. Oh, initially? I think so. I'm not sure. Oh. Well, th- interesting th- to hear. It. I, By I the way, yeah, sure. coming back to what we are saying about, like, having guests. So, yeah, whoever we mentioned and you want to come on, You're come welcome. on board. like yeah. yeah, also, yeah, who was it that uh, kind of answered our tweets and said he'd come on? Lirantal.
1: Lirantal, right.
0: So, yeah, this is kind of a...
1: We'll Another holler. summon. We'll horror at you. Yeah,
0: so back to what we were talking about.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, we, we're we working on a next app, right, uh, that I, I I just recently joined, but Yoav um, was... Did you, were you the one that, like, sort of, you know... I am the know, architect Are of you this. Are you the Git init person yes, for this? Yes, I am. Even All
0: before, right. I, and don't tell anyone, but before I actually officially started at Fiverr, I already pushed the first commit right. for the repo.
1: So how about you talk a little bit about, like, when you first started this repo and you decided to, and you sort of, you know, went through CSS solutions, you decided to... Well, with Tailwind, but you also wanted to um, uh, use emotion, and eventually decided to use Twin Macro as a bridge between the both of them. How about you talk a little bit about like the um, you know decision making process and like the offs that you made in your head?
0: Well, um, I I feel like like discussing why I chose Next.js is not not a uh, purview to this question, but let's try and discuss, like, the CSS solutions. So, obviously, Next.js is a great framework. It has multiple, like, solutions to handling CSS. It has their own solution of style of JSX. Uh, it supports uh, CSS modules out of the box.
1: Right.
0: It supports just regular CSS, which has nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, however, since... Um there's a few things that like when I like wanted to choose a CSS solution that went through my mind. First of all, I've loved working with like CSS and JS solutions. CSS and JS. I always mix those up. Sometimes I say JS and CSS. Yeah. I even have an article that someone said, Oh, you have a typo. It's not JS and CSS, CSS. Never mind. Well, so, I do like CSS and JS solutions in general. just like the way that they help you componentize, like, their styles and just pass on props and stuff. And since I knew that most of my team at first would be very inexperienced with not just CSS, but wouldn't know like all these kinds of toolings around it and Tailwind would would be new to them so I thought but why did you go why
1: did you like what initially you were like I want to go with Tailwind what made you want to go with Tailwind okay so why they want to go
0: with Tailwind is I kind of fell in love with Tailwind at my previous position after I've kind of uh, set up like the, the the company's design system, like the, the the infrastructure and all kind of the pipeline of how to kind of set it up and uh, the different toolings around. So over there we use just, I made it kind of um, a repo that's able to publish packages uh, to NPM and to BitDev And the tooling behind it was just to have kind of component library in React, but also that leverages Tailwind and styled components. Why? Because most of the, like, uh, the company's projects, the jazz projects, front-end projects, were with React and with styled components already. So I went with kind of integrating styled components with uh, Tailwind. Already back in your old place? Back in Capitolis, yes. And uh, I also kind of wrote a really, 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 really long blog post about it, which kind of does have several viewings and people kind of did enjoy it. I don't and get, I don't get, so, like, but,
1: but, but okay. can,
0: you, can you just tell me like what
1: drove you to try to combine a CSS and JS solution with Tailwind? even back then like wh- I don't get I don't get why people want to do that
0: even well the thing is because it was supposed to be a shared component library and it should have been kind of installed this package with all the css that's attached to it oh without like putting like tailwind inside this new project that was kind of the motivation to kind of have you know, encapsulated built chunk plug and play UI component that already has the styles, but just that the development experience would be easy to kind of get... Work on it. To work on it and kind of generate all the stuff. okay. So because of that, what I had to do was also kind of use um, the Tailwind command line tools and kind of generate the CSS and and be as part of the build of each component. And uh, yeah, it was all kinds of fun. So that was kind of the initial thoughts I had. And then I came across. Uh, I think it was, it was two people I really look up to in in the web development world. One is Max Stoiber. I hope I pronounce his name well. Yeah, I think well. It's Stoiber. Well, the the creator of Style Components, and I've been following him for quite a while. And he wrote this article called "Why I Love Tailwind." which talked about like a lot of the things that also made me kind of fall in love with it. But part of his kind of thesis there was that Tailwind is great, but sometimes it's not dynamic enough like a CSS and JS solution. So that's why he kind of mentioned Twin Macro, which is by Ben Rogers Rogerson? Rogerson? I'm sorry Ben, I've never <laughs> said, said your name out loud. Um which is this guy, I think he's from Australia? I don't remember. Never mind. Okay. But the whole idea there is Twin Macro is just a way of using Tailwind inside CSS and JS solutions. I wouldn't say with minimal setup, but with some features that were not yet available inside Tailwind, like vanilla Tailwind but also had this kind of
1: like arbitrary values and stuff like that yeah
0: arbitrary values uh, the parentheses that kind of you can group together like uh variant, grouping. variant groupings and right. uh, responsive but, sizes but
1: hold on you're saying that like if you would have had an a a, a team of more experienced you know developers
0: you would have gone with stock, tailwind. tailwind probably just tailwind Right. I, I believe so. But because also, like, the design and I knew that we had inexperienced developers and I wanted to kind of allow a lot of flexibility in terms of working, just in, in terms of developer experience. So I went with Emotion and Emotion as an alternative for style components just because it's a little bit more performant. Um,
1: so you're, you're, you're like, with, thinking... And with
0: Twin Macro just yeah. so you could... Kind of leverage with whichever you want, and if you don't know how to do it in Tailwind, right, just write CSS. You're
1: saying like the most like writing CSS in emotion is is sort of a more traditional, more classical way of thinking about CSS. Right, like, is like initially you, you can think about it the same way as you do with like selectors, right? It's just you don't use selectors; you sort of name your divs something, but it'll be the same way as you know, having a class name, but essentially, right, like, finding a way to reference uh, a, a block of CSS, and you thought that that would be a simpler, you know, development model than, like, the leap that you need to do to sort of go into full, full utility, classes. utility classes.
0: and putting that on all your HTML or JS6. And, yeah, and you see, like, the, the kind of resistance you get <laughs> yeah. like from our team right now. Dude, like...
1: Listen, like I remember picking up Tailwind in like probably 2017 or 2018, like talking about like oh six four of Tailwind, and I was like showing it to my coworker and was like, let's like start doing this, and he was like this straight up, you know, writing sass mixins type of guy, and he was like, oh my god, blasphemy! Fuck, no,
0: <laughs> this Blasphals. is like
1: disgusting
0: right this is disgusting Dude, I understand that notion because again when I first looked at Tailwind I was like oh cool but uh, but gross but oh but then Dude, like I don't know why I never got that feeling Maybe that's because you used to be a Rails, a Laravel developer. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. You know, I remember the. I think I told you about it. I remember those screencasts by Adam Wathan where he he was trying to build Kytale, which was supposed to be some sass app, where he was playing around with uh, these this like sort of in house CSS framework, and everybody was asking about like what's the CSS framework, blah blah, blah and that, you know developed into tailwind but yeah i never got that sense of like ooh, this is gross i was like always like yes not naming like yeah i always sort of you know uh really really like that aspect of tailwind okay okay so that that makes sense so you know you went with twin macro because it was like obviously like if you want to combine if you want to have the ability to you know write both css and js and tailwind it's pretty natural to look for a bridge between them.
0: Yeah, so it was that, and other solutions I kind of came across, like while I was still looking into uh, Twin Macro, where Twin, which is another one, Twin. There's Twinned. Yeah. yeah. And Twin. Oh, really yeah um they just i think they just added support for something else i don't know it's so hard to follow like everything you know but right. but i've tried but i kind of went on cuz I, I was saying max storybear was kind of giving praise to twin macro and then i heard like tanner Lindsay also kind yeah. of giving props to it and i said the uh, what the hell these two guys <laughs> are putting yeah, their yeah. like these guys kind of go with it and why not try it on this the was project? next 10 or 11 already well we were already at next 11 I think yeah but, but that right is right after this project started like next 12 came up
1: but this is like pre SWC support yeah the, did that did that come only in 12
0: uh, I I think so I, I hate like being it's like with the iPhone yeah. like remembering stuff like yeah. memory. Is not yeah. something I'm really strong at. That's where I go and Google everything almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need to quit smoking weed. <laughs> <Anyway>.
1: <laughs> but like the Babel thing didn't like it wasn't no, like a thing that even
0: it didn't come across me as mouth. a concern. Not really, cause I'm like I don't know. I knew Next. I've been working with Next yeah. for such a long time. Like Babel macros and Babel like plugins. Or something I used to add because, yeah, all right, it's a Cause little bit we're,
1: of, we're used to having Babel in our pipeline. Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So now with the, like, the age of new tooling for JS, which everything is just, no, no more Babel, no. Babel right, is, is right. slow. It's written in, in Node. It's not good anymore. Right. And you can see, like, all these new tools, like, Vite and... And ES spelled and stuff. dude. We, we, at we, this point, dude, I can't. I can't pronounce uh, anything. I keep pronouncing everything wrong, and also I don't be, get, I don't being get, like also American and also Israeli. Uh, like, oh my word! I don't, I, don't get how people like, still get it wrong. I can't say Microsoft correctly when I speak in Hebrew because then I say Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's stuff like that. It's, it's, everything is is weird me. But on the other hand, um, yeah. So. So, like, uh, we, we sidetracked a little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, had, I didn't think about Babel as being something that is going to kind of hold, hold us back in any kind of ways. Right. So, yeah, so now, so, so the thing about maybe uh, giving a little bit of context...
1: Yeah, maybe explain a little bit how like the whole thing works, or maybe like you know how you guys experienced, how you guys actually you know ended up working with it. How was it for you to like onboard these like uh, we have here two amazing developers? Maybe we'll we'll have them on the shelf sometime. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know that are you know fresh out the the army, the army here, and um, maybe you can. M- I'm interested, like how. How was the onboarding process? How was, like, explaining, this is Tailwind, this is Emotion, this is Twin macro that combines between them?
0: Well, yeah, it was a little bit difficult to kind of put all the pieces together, but once they kind of got their hands dirty or looked at some code, it made sense in ways. I think, like, just the fact that we used Tailwind, like, our our guys are were not very strong with CSS and just, using Twin Macro like Tailwind via Twin Macro has really made them better CSS developers because they went straight to like Tailwind stocks and yeah. they're amazing. Right. They, they like give you all the explanations. And it clicked for them like how kind of right.
1: everything you know, works. You know what? Maybe just you know for the listener, just like a couple of words about like like the whole like s- set up the terminology sort of like Tailwind is a utility you know, class framework, Framework. right? Where where basically you build all your styles from these, like, atomic CSS classes that are, you know, usually coupled to a single CSS property, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, MR4 is, you know, margin right 16 16, pixels, right? And uh, Emotion is a CSS and JS framework where essentially inside your React components, you sort of... Give a div a name like wrapper, right? right. That, like a, you can do... A terrific name like amazing. that.
0: Amazing. Then you use the styled function and kind of have the, the dot. You can either pass in uh, just a string that, that uh, describes which uh, HTML element you want to wrap with mm-hmm. styles. Or you just do dot. And then you use uh, the backticks. Yeah. To kind of uh, ha- just write plain old CSS yeah. inside so like mm-hmm. string template literals, mm-hmm. and then you can pass props inside right. basically. So it's like
1: a essentially you're writing CSS inside these like blocks of like template strings.
0: Right. right? You could do that, but you could also, by the way, you can just use uh, M inside the JSX. There's also I think emotion. a CSS, the CSS prop. Right. And then you just write CSS on kind of an element equals whatever like. Right. so the string template right you know, and then tw-
1: and then twin macro what it does essentially
0: okay. it's a, so wait and it's yeah, also okay. important kind of to say what that does behind the scenes and of course uh, behind the scenes the thing about CSS and JS library they have kind of runtime time over it because they need to be compiled at runtime because you got props that are passing in and yeah. kind of needs to generate what it does in the end it generates uh, CSS tags. class style tags yeah. that are injected into the HTML document um, but if you use like, a solution like Emotion or Style Components with a framework like Next.js, so these styles are pre-generated at build time, uh, but still there is kind of a runtime overhead because it still needs to kind of hydrate all the shit. And, and hydration, for people that don't know what hydration is, is the phase in which um, not just React but most front-end frameworks, if they do server-side rendering, need to kind of jumpstart the page with functionality of JavaScript. Right. Uh, that's like the TLR that I might yeah. be missing an explanation. Right. There, I mean, yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, but that's not worth it. So, um. So so, so, so twin twin macro. So twin macro. What it does is twin macro adds, um, kind of has, a few ways of using it. One is to kind of use it very simple It has to work with a CSS and JS solution. You have to have one of them. If I'm not mistaken, I could be mistaken about this. Remember, but it does work with style component. It works with emotion. It works with stitches. I think they have vanilla extract support. Not sure yet. And vanilla extract is another CSS and JS solution, but it has zero I mean, runtime. Y-
1: you could use just the T W W thing for, you know, variant grouping and, you know, like I think the whole premise of twin macro to begin with was like the whole like bundle size. Thing right essentially, like Again, what we have now with twin Jip. macro.
0: Okay, twin macro doesn't have any runtime overhead because it's only a build time tool, right? It uses Babel as a macro, which basically goes and looks for all the tw with back ticks and, and just kind of tr- transforms it also into CSS in the end. But the thing about <coughs> it is, unlike what something that I've noticed, is a little bit unlike, uh, unlike, uh emotion and stuff well, uh, oh, sorry let, let me uh, correct myself unlike what Talwin does which each utility class the, that it takes uh, it creates it doesn't create like the same class twice I think and I again I, I've just kind of observed it and it might have not been completely correct but I think it generates like even if you use kind of the same uh, class name you want to use like whatever M- m4 on two different kind of elements then it will generate that twice i'm not sure okay but it might it might have also because because you use it in combination with something like emotion then it kind of thinks that it needs a different hash meaning it creates a different kind of Right, different class
1: But like the idea, eventually, is that you're able inside of those emotion, you know, blocks, you could, you could do. Use, yeah, you, know, you
0: could use just uh, like uh, string a, uh, How do you use the? How do you call when you do the dollar sign and curly brackets? Yeah, inside string template Var- literals. Yeah, it's just, variables. No, but there's a word interpolation. Yeah, expression interpolation, I guess. Um, so you could just do that, like the dollar sign, curly brackets, TW, backtick, and put tell classes General classes, and then it'll there. just generate them right' a the CSS class. Right, Which is pretty cool.
1: So like the the, the work experience was like write, try and like any, like I don't what what was like the heuristic for when should you write? straight up css inside of that emotion block and when you should
0: so again i'm i'm a big believer on setting standards a bit later in the life cycle of a team or the maturity of a team like i think it getting kind of consistency and standards is something that, that takes times and takes kind of the the way that the team meshes together needs just, it needs to sit there. You need to take care of it. You need to water it a little bit, you know, give it some right. TLC. So you're saying it was like free so form? It was the idea of giving free form with some sort of structure you can go and abide by. And for me, it was a little bit just, I'd go on and just use all the Tailwind classes mostly. Yeah. But, and when you th- couldn't but then again, when I out. couldn't figure out because, like, the design also has changed many times. And when suddenly the designer, who also knows some CSS and had all kinds of animations in mind and, and used to send me just, you know, CSS animation that are not necessarily something that are present in Tailwind. Right. So I just want to be copy able to copy-paste copy them. them and put them somewhere where I wanted to use them. How it.
1: would you say that, like, the other guys, though, would they
0: make an effort to try and use the tailwind classes most of the time well at start is less but as time went by they used more of the tailwind classes but then again they'd we kind of because of the lack of i went, the lack of setting a standard and abiding by it also because we're still kind of in startup mode on in our team we're kind of building a new product i don't know if we said that and we can't tell you about it yet.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, uh, so we're in kind of startup mode and things changed often. Then we didn't try and block say No, this Standard is the and... way we, we, we got to do stuff. Uh, so we, we just kind of wanted PRs to, to run by and, and have CI and CD. So each time I wouldn't like stop someone's PR Just because he didn't use Tailwind classes, but wrote, like, the CSS inside an emotion block. I wouldn't go say change. I'd say, you know, you could have written this and that. Again, not a requirement to change, but just FYI. Just more in terms of educating at this point. Right. Yeah, so... But then we'd see, we kind of... I tried to show them different ways of being able to do something, so... One way, one kind of option I showed him is putting like, if you're already writing, kind of, there's going to be a component that has lots of styles in it, or different classes, or you know whatnot. It's just sometimes just having some sort of standard of just using, also trying to not use too many names, is if you're going to put something, and it has I don't know five, seven, ten elements. Have some sort of styled component, an emotion component called container. And then, right, just use class names inside of it. Use the twin macro to, to actually style. And then just put the class names in. Made sense to me somewhat, some not.
1: Yeah, but, like, what and I then, don't...
0: Yeah, and then I didn't like it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what I don't understand is, like, why... What types of things... I always, like, wonder... You know, in, in the beginning... Earlier stages of Tailwind, people always used to tell me like, "But you can't do everything with Tailwind, right?" And like, I was, I was, I was always interested in like what types of things, right? So, like so, you yeah. felt that like tw on the on the HTML element was not sufficient. So and, except from like copy pasting, you
0: know, CSS. So again, uh, I'd say all kinds of pseudo classes stuff like that like especially now with the the new generation of pseudo classes that's coming in so where and not and first is not and all kinds of combinations you can do that sometimes they make so much more sense um, than trying to kind of find a tailwind way of doing stuff or just in that it's element just yeah. so, it's just easier yeah it's just easier yeah Gotcha. Because again, CSS is amazing, right? Yeah. It's gotten so much better over the years. Yeah,
1: I think it. it you know it, it, it. like we said before, it requires a mental shift to be like you know like even if you want to say like let's say you want a striped table, right? Mm-hmm. We're used to thinking about going to our CSS class at the uh, you know at the T body level and being like you know odd child you know, background, color, blah, 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 right? It's right. easier. It, it, it's how we're programmed to program, right? right. Uh, instead of, like, you know, going into, like, grabbing the i like, the index from the loop and saying, like, if the index is right. model, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, like, it's just a different way of thinking about it. Definitely.
0: Yeah. So it's, like, you know, uh, in the latest conference we went to together right which was just the first conference we've been at for a long time since covid yeah which was react next uh in israel and there was talk by amit chin about how to solve react problems with css which i really enjoyed because he had lots of stuff that were like like you were saying like Finding things that are programmatically kind of you can manipulate and see, oh, yeah, if I'm running over some sort of an array and the last one I want it to be with a different style or or when um, this is empty, just like when this array has no items in it, render null. So something nice he had it was like, you know, there is a like the empty pseudo class, so if some element is empty, you could just solve it like that instead of rendering null and stuff. So yeah, there I really enjoy it because there are a lot of ways to approach solutions, right? Mm -hmm. Especially as a programmer, especially with CSS and, and JavaScript and and this whole like, like the old way of separation of concerns that HTML has one thing and JavaScript has another and CSS is one. It's right. all like the shift has been changing for the past I think five years, like I'm not five, even more. Like ever since the big framework wars of two thousand and <laughs> twelve, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything kind of, the separation went into the separation is now component-based, right, right? right? So everything is mixed and matched to find kind of the way that is, at least the way I see it, is what is more comfortable for you as a developer to use.
1: Right. Okay, so so now recently I've joined and we sort of started talking about this. and And, you know, we get that warning now when you run the dev build of like, uh, sorry, skipping SWC because you have a Babel config,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And that sort of got us, you know,
0: thinking. Yeah. So again, I don't know if you mentioned it. SWC is a new build tool right, right. that has been adopted by uh, Next.js and uh, right. the Vercel team. The guy, the guy is uh, is like right, an employee. So, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they they've scooped up everyone. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I think the creator of SLBC is in Vercel now. Yeah. So and It's a Rust-based It's a tool. Rust-based it's very uh, bundler. Fast. It's a bundler or build I think tool. it's
1: just a transpiler at this point. It just does, like, the Babel yeah, thing. Yeah, it
0: does a Babel thing because it still uses Webpack because, again, also... Right. Um,
1: but I, I think, I think it, it is trying to tackle both... Type checking. He's trying to kill, basically, no, yeah. TSC in right. Webpack.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're trying to kill Webpack.
1: Yeah, I'm I, not sure. I, I think so. Because, again, if, like, if you,
0: Verso, like we said, they're scooping up everyone. So, also, Tobias. Yeah, I is there, know. Like, but Webpack. if
1: you go on the website, I think, if you go on the website of SWC, then you see, he, like, tells you, like... You know, transpilation done, and then he has like, oh,
0: yeah, you know, type
1: checking not like in construction and bundling in construction. That's fine. To be honest, right? Like, to be honest, Mm -hmm. they're all supposed to be like one, right? Like, we're not supposed to
0: have. I don't want to fucking mix and match shit anymore. Like, I'm so, so tired of this.
1: We don't need to have a TS config and. Babel RC and a and webpack config
0: Benfig and oh. and, 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 So many ha- much more less
1: you don't need a slint fucking config and prettier config. Yeah. You need just like one fucking dev thing.
0: Right. That's right? why That's why I love Next. Like mostly, it takes away a lot of those decisions you have to make. Right. Like, it doesn't, you don't need to configure web. webpack. Right. You don't need to configure like CSS models. That's you... what the Rome tools are trying to do. Right. Uh, I just got a new, an email from them about like the latest uh, update or mm-hmm. something. I didn't look I mean, at it.
1: I listened to a podcast where they're on uh, Sebastian and uh, Jamie Kyle
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they were talking about um uh Rome before they decided to rebuild it
0: in rust and now they I know that they're it's crazy everybody's yeah. like going on. oh we we have this something that we've built for the past 2 years let's yeah, throw dude, it in the it's trash it's crazy we'll that they
1: built so much stuff and then we're like, let's rebuild it all in Rust.
0: I mean, I, 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 I get it. it. It's like right now that Remix came out and we're like, hmm, maybe we'll build a Rust. Rewrite crazy. it in Remix. But
1: that's what, that was like the idea of Rome, right? It was like, we want to be a linter, a formatter. We want to be all the tools in one. Right, they right.
0: want to be one ring to rule them all.
1: Right. I love it. I love the idea, uh, to, be, to be honest. But, you know, so what happened is we were like sort of talking and... To about and the, and then I think like we came across that issue in on the Twin Macro repo of like Tailwind Three support
0: right. Yeah, I came across that. I also reached out to Ben and kind of asked him, "Hey, dude, are you gonna like support for this somewhere?" Right, yeah, and I then we it.
1: see that there's like a huge to do list to support Tailwind Three essentially. So like you know, so what this means as that we are basically married to this tool right we're married to this tool and like i'm okay with with being i'm okay with you know relying on open source tools that are maintained by a single person you know in general but
0: But still as times have taught us lately yeah those things can go to hell very very fast i
1: think it really depends on like what the scope of the dependency is right something like twin macro is it Mm -hmm. has its it's it's sort of its
0: talents inside yeah it's like it
1: just it just you know spreads into every part of your system right
0: again it's 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 such a great library on one hand absolutely it's such a shame that there's not so much more people and money behind it but you know it's it's a general problem like with open source libraries right. and, and like the whole ecosystem right now, right? But
1: in general, it's risky. In general, it's risky to have these types of dependencies, and it it you know it doesn't matter what the the programming language or the framework is. We had those dependencies in Rails, you know, and in PHP, Desk and whatever. It's just like risky to have these dependencies that are like cross platform that like migrating off this dependency is like this yeah,
0: huge there's no code mod to deal with that yeah i mean you wouldn't write one you can't go into the file and just do replace this with absolutely
1: that. it's just it usually it's just difficult right because things are constantly changing and moving forward and like who knew what eight months ago that like Babel is gonna stop meaning. being a
0: thing right Again, okay, it hasn't stopped being a thing. It yet. hasn't, right? But, but seriously, if you have if you're working on an XJS application, right, you don't want Babel nowadays because no. that's gonna make your builds slower, like right. a third, no, two thirds slower.
1: Right, absolutely. I think in general, every new React JavaScript project nowadays realizes right that being dependent on Babel might be a problem, you know? It might be, you know, soon. It might be not that soon. but yeah, but again, if
0: companies like Apple keep on, like, what's going on with WebKit and Safari going, you're going to need Babel or a tool that's similar to transpile oh, yeah. it to be compatible to all no, browsers. No, definitely. I'm
1: talking about the fact that, like, we know that, like, Rust-based tools are becoming more predominant, right? Mm-hmm. And we know, we understand that any, like, build tool, any dev you know, pipeline tool that is based on Node is in potential danger from becoming deprecated in the next few years. Yeah. Like, we, we know this. Even, we're all, our, gonna,
0: we're all gonna write Rust and WebAssembly, like, in. I five mean, years. it
1: makes sense for tooling, right? Like, it makes sense for tooling to be written in, you know, a language that is more suitable to, to, to those types of needs. Yeah. We were even talking about it during lunch, where, like, Webpack is in danger also, right? I agree
0: on one hand. The only killer feature Webpack has right nowadays as I see it, again, is Model Federation. And I've heard that Model Federation might be supported now in Rollup and, and, and like, other build tools. And as soon as it comes to, like, you can use building those, like, I think why does Webpack, why do you need a Webpack anymore?
1: Absolutely. I think it's just a lot... Harder to kill Webpack than it is to kill Babel,
0: right? So, no, again, at this we, point. We, we're looking at our scope, right, <laughs> at, at our problems, but think about legacy systems and, like, systems that have Absolutely. been built even two years ago. Absolutely. They're so dependent on So, let's talk... Like, think about think about Fiverr. Right? You were just telling us, like, the dependency, how you have to manage and the tools that were set... Like think Very about difficult. just React. Yeah. They, they still haven't gone to uh, React sixteen, right?
1: No, no, no. React sixteen. Uh, it, they're on seventeen for some repo, but not I think, a long
0: time. Some repos, yeah. but not the whole no, no, like, no. company. But think
1: about even for us, right? For us. So basically, we decided to try and migrate off of Twin Macro because we. I mean,
0: we want speed,
1: right? I mean, first of all, we want SWC and we want, you know, Tailwind 3 support, right? Mm -hmm. We want to be able to bump Tailwind in our package JSON. But like, you know, other than that, I think that we understand that
0: consistency as well.
1: Yes, that's true. But I think we understand that looking forward, there's just a lot of risk in staying very, very, you know, coupled to twin macro not because it's a bad thing no right
0: because no, it's a trade-off
1: yeah because it's just a thing that is very very you know spread across the system it's very very hard to migrate off of it and even for us right it's going to take us a long time yeah it's going to take us a long time to sort of move off of yeah, it because you can
0: you can't do it in one full suite. no no so yeah so our strategy just in general you're interested was to kind of good boy scout and anything new try and only write it with tailwind classic like only using class names and not using the the whole twin macro setup and try and avoid using in motion, if you can and uh, if you come across a file that has use of the twin macro just kind of try and rewrite it if you got the time and just Two class names. Yeah, that's just a general stra right. strangulation and, pattern it's stu- and it's still
1: going to take us like at least six mm. months to, you know, com- to you know get that SWC you know SWC support. That sweet, sweet, sweet speed. Yeah, that sweet
0: speed. It's going to take us a long time. I'm not sure it'll, it'll take six months because I don't know. Yesterday, like the past few days, I've already like refactored like a number, of, of a com- number of components. It was pretty straightforward, pretty yeah, easy. Absolutely. So. Uh, I'm hoping, I don't know, like sleepless nights, I find myself right. uh, bored and yeah. stuff. I could go and just read stuff from I think like yeah.
1: the most important thing, an important lesson I'm, I'm sort of taking from this um, whole issue is really thinking in a very critical way about the dependencies I have in my system, right? I mean, I w- also thinking about dependencies like clsx or class names or whatever you use yeah it's it's like a de- it's like a dependency that's going to be imported in almost every file in your system it is very very hard to decide yeah i don't want to use
0: clsx i want to use well you know, i'll write my own thing that takes in strings right. and and. and no,
1: i'm it. just saying that if you do want to do that it's going to be very very hard but what is the impact the impact is very, very, very little. Yeah. Right. I
0: agree.
1: But like something like Twin Macro has the same influence in terms of like it's spread across your system. But like the influence of not being able to delete it from the system is very, very meaningful. It means you're you're tied to Babel. It means like your the version of Tailwind that you're using is tied to the version that Twin Macro supports. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like the impact is very, very large so the blast radius yeah and a... i I, th- I think in general in the world in, in the world of you know we have so much npm modules that we can sort of you know i have this little problem how how about i i you know i i go grab this little yeah. uh, library thing that helps me with it but like you understand that if you're doing something that you know, then you need to think about it really, really carefully. Because if you introduce it's something... like a
0: relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, it could be a very nice little fling you want to have. Right. But then it becomes this very serious intertwined relationship with a very clingy yeah. <laughs> spouse. No, you need to
1: think about... It. I think that, like, one of the great things about Tailwind, and we've talked about this, that is that, like, Tailwind is like the one of the most transferable technologies ever. It's amazing. Like
0: the thing is it's framework agnostic. It just works. It's just utility classes. It makes sense.
1: Absolutely like we're not gonna do that, but really, what is the cost of you know migrating all of our tailwind setup into a Svelte project or into a Rails project? Mm What's the cost? It's not that big. It's just CSS files, right? Right. I mean, there's the whole build process thing, right? But right. The post CSS
0: running and all right, that. Right. Even if you don't, I'm not sure what's happening with three though. If you have to have that, or does it come in? you built do in? need you do need Node for like
1: the post CSS thing, but uh, because uh, Rails seven uh, was like the default Rails seven setup is no no Node. Mm-hmm. Right, so uh, I know that DHH sort of, um, uh, you know, collaborate. What
0: does DHH stand for by the way. David
1: Highmeyer I mean, Hansen, I mean, I mean, okay. right? So I know he sort of collaborated with Adam Wathan to um, make sure that Tailwind um, sort of provide these binaries that you can just uh, yeah. run, and that don't require no So you, you can have te- you can have Tailwind three with the jit without node essentially amazing yeah so that to that point right you can you can move tailwind css from any project it's, it's like it's very very transferable right it's so the
0: knowledge is transferable right so the, the
1: the vendor lock-in here yeah is very very minimal because you know even let's say that you want to quit tailwind altogether you yeah, just you grab that css, CSS. file and that's it. Yeah, you just move it with you, and you slowly migrate off of it. But like, it's not. It's, you're not tied to a an, anything other than CSS. And right. we know that CSS is gonna stick around, right? Yeah. We know it's gonna stick around. So I was always thinking about that with all those. You you remember those like um, uh, sort of a, HTML flavors like Pug? Mm-hmm, remember yeah. that? Pug so, and uh, Jade, yeah,
0: Jade. I think those are the same thing, but whatever. Whatever. No, what, but what, what, wait. Like, are you referring to template engines? Yeah. So handlebars and nunchucks and all those. Right.
1: I. 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 Th- I remember those from like Vue. I used to work in Vue, so I remember you could author your template tag in mm-hmm. Vue. You can author it and using like. A different sort of variation of HTML. So I
0: remember it had support for. Maybe Pug. I did not know that. Yeah. In view. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. in version three. Version I, three, I think, I, is something different. I think
1: you still uh, you still have support can, for that. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But I just like I was I always thought that that was like a very risky move because even if I like using this variation of HTML right now.
0: Who says it's going to be around, you know, in a second? No, JSX is going to stick around, by the way. You know what? Why now? Because I also heard that MDX, if you know that library, MDX2 just came out, and it doesn't just support React. You can write JSX inside of it, inside of you. Absolutely. But
1: even think about it, like, what's the cost of, of, of sort of, Transforming JSX into, HTML, into valid HTML, it's very little. Yeah. You can do that with like a code mod, right? Yeah. So it's not as risky as also. I think about that with like preprocessors, or like SAS and stuff. It's like such, like we've seen this, like where SAS is like such. A huge dependency and it slows down builds, yeah. right? In this terrible way. And you had Node SAS and Dart SAS oh
0: and all How many those times things. Of Node Sass failed me.
1: Absolutely. And you're like married to that fucking thing for life, right? <laughs> yeah. Like migrating off of it is so costly. It would require so much resources that most companies just don't do that.
0: Yep. Right? So that's why legacy systems are born. No, that's the way they are
1: absolutely
0: yeah
1: but i'm saying that being careful right and being super critical about the things that you decide
0: to marry it, to yeah it's always a gamble though too. even
1: even next even yeah. next you, we've talked about yes, like,
0: it was it's, it's it's a it was a gamble for me in my career but it was a good choice
1: right right but like let's say that like remix sort of passes them like you know they're like let's say that you know in a couple years remix becomes like the de facto and and next becomes like the new Gatsby yeah oh right let's say next becomes the new that Gatsby. might happen
0: I said, that might happen it really might happen I don't know
1: and that would suck balls yes. that would be
0: terrible yeah right.
1: Yeah, and so you listen to all these people, like, yeah, I just rewrote my blog from, like, Gatsby it's to Next, to Next, to Remix, to... Svelte well, uh, now. Right. So it's it's a real big, like, gamble to sort of go, to sort of have a dependency that big, right?
0: Like, do you think that there'll be some sort of time that everything's going to slow down a bit? And there'll be, like... People will settle for I don't Dude, know I hope two not. three. I'm
1: moving industries if it does.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love no, it. No, I'm a kid. Of course, I love it too. On one hand, but it is a lot to kind of. It is a lot. It is a lot, and, and again, the dev FOMO thing right. I've talked but, about before. Right. Is things real.
1: are getting like so good now, man? Like yeah. working with like Next plus uh, Tailwind is such. A great developer experience. Man, oh man.
0: I do remember that. Next, or at least team, Tim from... from Noitkins. Noitkins from... And Tim, you're, I'm happy if you'd correct us how you pronounce your last name. Um, yeah, was talking about... I think there's a PR even open about um, like built-in support for Telwin in Next. You should look for that PR. I'm interested.
1: I mean, it's so easy right now. It's just like a post CSS config. Yeah. At this point, yeah, like it's, it's so
0: easy. By the way, yeah. No. Well, now I'm thinking about things that, that that I came across that bothered me about our setup. <laughs> I think something is wrong with like the hot model reloading now when oh, we have yeah? twin macro and, uh,
1: and tailwind Well,
0: that, that might be a
1: good like uh, thing to like push us to, yeah. you know, get, get it over that hill. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, I uh, think I think it's a very interesting though. Like I think I've really learned a lot from this process in terms of like you know it really you know um, how you say it like
0: um, letting it sink.
1: No, like it. Uh, yeah. It, sort of.
0: You know. I'm seeing Roman hold his hands above his head, <laughs> trying to kind of. I'm say, I'm
1: trying to say that it sort of became very very you know strict sort of in my brain, right? Like mm-hmm. w- you know the sort of mental process that you need to go through before you go ahead and sort of pick up another you know tool or pick up another framework
0: yellowing tools
1: yeah it's (laughs) like uh, try and be very very careful think about it think ahead you can't just think about the now right you need to think a little bit of like
0: exactly but that's also kind of the the double-edged sword so if you're working in some sort of setup of a company that's not a large company and is maybe kind of startup-y and (laughs) things change a lot under your feet and you pivot and you change kind of features and stuff. So it's really hard to think ahead too too
1: Absolutely, but that's exactly it. You need to think ahead in terms of like you need to be flexible. You need Mm -hmm. to be able to you know, move with, you know, okay, with r- the this framework yeah. is irrelevant anymore. How fast can I fucking dump it and move
0: to something else? So uh, that's why, by the way, and I know you're not going to like what I'm about to say. Yeah. That's why, like, tools and, like, architectures like ends do come into play and are good kind of candidates for something like that, yeah. even though the overhead is pretty large, right? No,
1: I I agree with you. I mean, it, it definitely is. But you need to pay a lot up front to sort of get that, like, you know, set up in place in case, right? Yeah. You know, I agree. It helps you It helps you in that respect. I, I remember, like, working at a company where they implemented this, you know, microservice architecture for the back end. Mm-hmm. And I was talking with my with my
0: boss at that time. I was like, "Why?
1: Why you did that?" And no
0: company has been successful with microservices, but Netflix, I think, <laughs> <laughs> or Spin and Spotify. Maybe you know, I don't
1: know. He told me like after years of maintaining this legacy PHP system, he was like, "You know what? Like, if I wanna, if I look at this microservice and I feel like we made a huge mess of it." I'll just fucking delete it and build a new one to replace it right Mm -hmm. and that's like the the, that was like the motivator for him to go with that architecture and I get that I mean it's very it's a very fail fast mentality which Mm I I like right but uh, you know obviously there are trade-offs to everything
0: yeah all right buddy
1: yeah should we wrap it up
0: I think so. Yeah, uh, all about right. an hour podcast. Yeah. The recording is enough for me. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. So so thank you everybody
0: and uh, yeah. If you want to kind of follow what we do and stuff, uh, I'm uh, Hamato Yogi on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, we also have a Twitter account for our podcast, Fedbytes, which is supposed to be at some point also a website and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so check us out. Also Fedbytes on Twitter and, uh, mm. yeah, we have a medium publication, which I've kind of posted posts in the past under that name.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let us know if you're interested and in, like what topics you're interested in and like if you... oh,
0: yeah. And if you want to come and be a guest. So yeah. Holler at us. Holler at us. First one up, I think, will be Livan if I get him on. All righty. All right, guys. Have a good one. Stay safe. Bye-bye.